back to Mayday's comic book adventure for episode three. Whether you're listening on my podcast or watching my YouTube video, this week we are taking a dive into the world of Deadpool and we'll stay here for several weeks until the storyline runs right into Black Panther. If you're new here, what I do is rate the comic on my own personal preference scale that has no real meaning and, I, and then I break down the issues in that volume. The categories I rate are on overall story, the characters, if it's easy to read, the pacing, and the artwork. Like I said, all of this is just my opinion and you are certainly free to have your own. In fact, I would love for you to share your thoughts on my Twitter at Mayday underscore Maggie. Just please be kind and respectful of others or you will be deleted. Getting into comics, today we are breaking down, like I said, Deadpool Classic Volume 2. These are, like the title suggests, older issues of Deadpool. I'm talking like 1997-ish, but they are truly iconic and fun issues to read. I personally went back and read Deadpool Classic Volume 1 before picking this up for this reading list, but it isn't really necessary in order to understand what's happening here. There is a brief recap at the beginning of this comic that really catches you up on the important details, which consist of Deadpool's powers, he has a special healing factor that allows him to basically live through anything. If you've seen the movie, then you get the idea. He has two friends, Weasel, who is his arms dealer and assistant, and then Blind Al, who he has kidnapped. She lives with him and basically provides meals and sassy commentary. He also has a special love interest, which is Siren from X-Force. In the last volume, there is a storyline that carries over here, which is the involvement of Lando, Luckman, and Lake. They are this company that works to produce heroes and once had their sights set on Deadpool, which we do learn about in this volume. The important part going in is that he was recently hired by them for a job to destroy a gamma radiation research facility and in the process was exposed to high levels of gamma radiation on an effort to bring him to the light side and become a hero. Deadpool really isn't ready for that, even though his love interest Siren has already kind of been pushing him in that direction. So these issues are him stepping more and more into the direction of being less mercenary and more anti-hero. In the opening of issue two, we have Deadpool stalking Siren in an I like to watch you sleep sort of way because he's really struggling with how he feels about her. He later discusses this with Blind Owl in addition to the offer to become a hero. This gets pushed to the side though when he learns his friend Weasel has been kidnapped. He follows a tracking device that Weasel has on himself to a secret base in Nevada ran by Taskmaster. Apparently Taskmaster has taken Weasel in an effort to get him to work for him and Weasel is considering accepting. Deadpool, like most, struggles to fight with Taskmaster while Taskmaster takes him in front of a class to teach them to kill. Deadpool throws out his chaotic dance fighting moves, throwing Taskmaster off allowing for Deadpool and Weasel to leave. Think Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy mixed with Ruby Roundhouse from Jumanji. That's, that's kind of what happened here. Then into issue three, Deadpool struggles to grow back his finger he lost in his fight with Taskmaster. Overall, Weasel points out that he has been struggling with his healing and has been losing weight as well. T-Ray, one of the mercenaries from the smirk dive hole called Hell House, bets that it's unlikely to grow back. In general, T-Ray has some anger towards Deadpool that we will see more throughout the volume. This conversation comes to an end though when Deadpool receives one of his old gloves that used to contain his hand. It was severed back in volume 1 and used by Black Tom to stop a virus. 
it was a it was a whole thing and let's just say that Deadpool didn't appreciate it so he decides that he's going to go after Black Tom for taunting him with a glove which in turn gives him the perfect opportunity to contact Siren Black Tom's niece Siren agrees to help mostly so he doesn't kill Black Tom and they set off in search they end up at an old cabin and are surprised to learn that the glove that Deadpool received didn't come from Black Tom at all, but instead it came from Dr. Kilbrew. Now, Kilbrew is a sadistic doctor that worked in the Weapons X program that basically made Deadpool and Deadpool hates him for it. Not so much that he can heal, just the torture and the mutilation part. Deadpool is for obvious reasons upset to be here with Kilbrew, but Kilbrew explains that Deadpool is dying and he wants to help make amends by fixing him. Again, Deadpool's upset, but with the help of Siren, he allows for Kilbrew to help him. Turns out that his, his healing factors are decreasing and his cells are dying, so in turn he's dying. However, there are a few cells which remain stable for some weird reason. Kilbrew asks if he has been exposed to anything in the recent past, and the only thing that comes to mind is this mass amount of gamma radiation he came into contact. Kilbrew believes that this stabilizes his cells and with more exposure he can be cured. The problem is, is that it has to come from some type of organic source, you know, like Hulk's blood. Hulk at this point in the story is a little under the weather as well, which works to Deadpool's advantage. Basically all of issue four is Deadpool finding Hulk alone on an island, fighting him, injuring him, and then getting his blood. It was an action issue for sure, but he gets the blood and Kilbrew cures him with a side note that his healing factor isn't going to be as good as it used to be and probably never will be. So he's fine getting bruises, broken bones, and cuts. Probably shouldn't get himself blown up again though. Into issue five, now that Deadpool is healed, he is ready for that revenge on Kilbrew and is so close to getting it until Siren steps in and talks him out of it. This is a turning point for Deadpool and one that is going to lead him away from killing and into his hero stardom. After they leave Kilbrew alive, Deadpool drops Siren back off at the Xavier school. They agree that for now they are taking things slow because she is focusing on one day leading X-Force while he needs to work on being a good guy. It's a someday we'll see kind of thing. While they were off doing that, T-Ray continues to stew on Deadpool, which is all building up. Midway here, we have a flashback, which is separate from all the issues, but explains a little bit about the time before Deadpool became Deadpool from this perspective of Zoe at Lando, Luckman, and Lake. Basically, she wants a promotion, and he, she thinks her way of getting there is to get Wade Wilson back on track to becoming a hero. He was predicted to be by Montgomery, who can see the future, but there has been some kind of unforeseen interruption. They assume that change came from Vanessa, Wade's love interest at this point, so Zoe pretends to be a working girl to get close so she can figure out what is going on. Apparently, Vanessa and Wade are planning to save up money and get out of the life and get a home together with like the whole white picket fence thing. Zoe basically falls in love with this idea of Wilson and Vanessa getting this life and puts herself at risk for it. Zoe is shown that Wade recently messed up a job and now the guys that hired Wade are coming after him and are going to go through Vanessa to get to him. Zoe steps in and saves Vanessa and almost dies herself in the process and everyone ends up living but the big factor that was the pivotal moment for Wade not becoming a hero was his cancer diagnosis and then we kind of know what happened from there he was experimented on and became Deadpool so his fate was sealed pretty much into issue six now Deadpool takes a job 
well, two jobs really. One is to break a woman out of an asylum while the other is to kill her. He takes both jobs and then will play it by ear from there. When he gets there, he has to face off against Vamp. He takes care of her only for her to then morph into Animus. This scene was really funny with a guy who has a fear of women and that they're all monsters. He then watches this and the whole time is like freaking out. With the help of Weasel, Deadpool takes out Animus and helps Mary escape. Once out though, Sweet Mary drops her personalities that are the more sane parts of herself and takes on the role of Typhoid Mary. It turns out her different personalities had taken out both jobs in the hope to stop the release of Typhoid Mary. No such luck though. It turns out anyway that she had no money to pay Deadpool and instead of killing her, he decides he's going to put her to work as a merc to pay off her debt to him. T-Ray has history with Typhoid Mary and isn't happy to see her out and warns Deadpool about her and that she should really be in the asylum. Of course, Deadpool doesn't listen, so T-Ray burns off his mask. Deadpool panics as people get a look at his grotesque face. He runs into the ladies' area and in the process of this panic, accidentally knocks Mary out the window. This process takes Mary back and reminds her of something that happened to her a long time ago, which now has her on a revenge path with Daredevil into the Daredevil Deadpool Annual of 97. I really love this annual. I love the contrasting characters. Matt Murdock is a dark character like Deadpool, and that is basically where the similarities end. Matt is quiet and broody, while Deadpool is in-your-face obnoxious, and yes, I mean that as a compliment. Daredevil knows of Mary's return and reminisces on their time together before he helped put her in the asylum. And at this point, she has already killed the doctor that assisted in that process as well. Matt fears that she's next going to go after the judge, but before he can go there, he has to intervene in Deadpool attacking Foggy to get Daredevil's attention. It is well known that Foggy is Daredevil's assistant, and I love the bonding that happens between them in this issue. Once Daredevil and Deadpool talk, they agree to work together to stop Mary, which takes them to the judge. When they arrive, the judge is already dead. However, Deadpool does run into Mary as she's leaving and attempts to talk him into turning on Daredevil. But Deadpool, Deadpool gets upset with her when he learns about all the other people she has killed since she's been in New York. He was fine here with the idea of coming to kill Daredevil. Others were off limits though. So we don't see what Deadpool's answer is, but when Daredevil comes in the room, Mary is gone and, Daredevil, and Deadpool has been cut. Daredevil and Deadpool then work together to again track down Mary and find her at this mob hangout. Deadpool rushes in, leaving him and Daredevil facing off against a large group, but together they pretty easily handle it. Deadpool stays behind to continue to fight them while Daredevil goes looking for Mary. Mary does attack Daredevil after overloading his senses with loud music. Deadpool then comes in and betrays Daredevil, giving Mary the advantage. From here, she goes into details about why she wants to kill Daredevil, and it turns out that before Matt suited up as Daredevil back when he was a bad kid, he had knocked Mary out of a window during a robbery, which Mary believes was the moment that made her into who she is today. For Matt, though, this means that he's not a killer, like he once thought, so this kind of like is an unburdening for her. He also, while feeling bad about the incident, doesn't feel that he's responsible for what Mary did after this incident. They were all choices that Mary had made. In the end, Mary has to come face to face with the idea that Daredevil will not take responsibility or is not responsible, and Deadpool steps in. 
for him, this was all about a way of getting her hands-on therapy and facing her past, a past she can now move on from. Well, we'll talk about that. Anyway, with Daredevil no longer needed for the story, that was the end of the annual and into issue eight. Issue eight has Mary challenging Deadpool and his endeavor to not only be a good guy, but to make her better. And what better way to do that than to go on a killing spree? which is exactly what happens and ends up with a fight between Deadpool and Mary. Eventually he has enough of her goading and he moves in to kill her. After he realizes where she pushed him, he basically just walks away and the issue ends, which gets picked up again later, but that's another volume. Um, so this one ended with him just kind of like walking away from Mary. Like he's trying so hard to be a hero, but it's just not working right now. So let's read the comic. Overall story, this is hard for me. While this was written to be a continuous series, it was not designed to be a cohesive volume. So there isn't one storyline throughout like you'd find in a newer volume. Like, you know how you'd watch a TV show and there's this overall arc with some subplots. I guess if I wanted to get in the gritty of it all, the overall arc is Deadpool is trying to become a hero. I do like the closure with Killbrew, but I'm not a huge fan of Typhoid Mary's storyline, although I did like the team up with Daredevil. All in all, I give the overall story like a 3.8. However, in character development, I would give it like a 4.7. I love the road here with Deadpool being challenged to be better and going about it in a very Deadpool way. There was the closure with Killbrew, the closure with Matt Murdock, and the revelation that he didn't kill Mary like he thought. Plus, there's a noble goal of trying to just make Mary a good person. So yes, I did think that there was some great character development here. Was it easy to read? Assuming that you have knowledge of Deadpool, then yes. Obviously, this is a second volume, so you're expected to have some background knowledge. This was written pretty straightforward, so five because it's just a really easy volume to read pacing if this was most other characters i would say it was a little too fast paced right like it's just a lot of action 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 and very little downtime most of which was with blind owl but this is deadpool and his character by design is fast paced so i think the pacing was perfect for the character so another five and then into artwork remembering that this was 1997 with more traditional comic style and then that it was Deadpool. I would say I like the artwork. I will admit that my preference is the newer style with like the beautiful backgrounds and like just the stunning work. But I feel like given the time period this was written and then the character factored in, it would have been out of place to have that kind of art style. So four, I like it, not my favorite, and this is my rating. So altogether, this comic gets a 4.5 rating from me. And that is that. So thank you for listening to me talk about this comic. And don't forget to interact with me over on my Twitter at Mayday underscore Maggie. This Thursday, I'll be talking about DC Comics Zero Year. And then Monday, I'll be going into Deadpool Classic Volume 3. If you're listening on my podcast and prefer to watch this in video format, then I do put all of my podcasts into video form on my YouTube channel, Mayday Maggie, where I talk about other comic book based TV shows and movies. If you're watching this on my YouTube channel, but prefer podcasts, then make sure you check out my podcast and it'll be linked in the description box. See you guys next week.